Hello, hello, I'm Lisa Marie and welcome to the Macro Coach Pro Podcast. Over the last seven years, I've scaled my macro coaching business to transform hundreds of women's lives with a balanced lifestyle approach to health and fitness. And now I'm helping online coaches like you do the same. I'll be sharing my secrets and industry-leading strategies with you. Whether you're on a personal fitness journey or looking to get epic results for your clients, the Macro Coach Pro Podcast is for you. Let's dive in. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode on the podcast. We are so into fall weather right now here in Seattle. Like the leaves are changing. It's getting a little colder. The days are getting a little shorter, which isn't my favorite, but the beginning of fall is something I truly love because it's sweater weather and it's just a change in season, which is nice. I will say I love summer, but fall, fall and its vibes are are always fun. So Aside from the weather, though, we are talking today about how to kick those negative thoughts to the curb. Um, I know you or maybe your clients, you know, have struggled with negative thoughts, whether it's about relationship with food, anxiety around food, their ability to change, their want to change, negative thoughts around the scale or how successful they're going to be, right? And so we're going over a seven-step tool today that's going to help you or your clients with any negative thought you have. And I'm going to preface this episode by saying this is going to feel hard to do. This is not some magical seven-step tool that's going to change your thoughts or your client's thoughts like overnight, but this is where the work comes in. And it's not necessarily going to be easy, but it's going to be doable and give you or your clients this like actionable strategy, tool, and step and almost like a framework when we have these negative thoughts. And the reason why this is really hard to do, like change our thoughts, is because we normally tend to trust what goes on like inside our own head, right? Like, I don't know if you've ever had those thoughts of like, am I crazy? Or like, did that just happen? Like, did I really just think that? Did I really just see that? Like, or is my mind playing tricks on me? Because sometimes if we can't trust our brain, like what else are we going to trust, right? Um, And generally, like, it's a good thing, right? Our brains have been wired from from, you know, back in the day to alert us, you know, from like dangerous activities uh, to finding food, survival. So our brains are wired to, you know, really make these connections and have these thoughts as a protective mechanism and really like make these connections to help us learn and grow and like become successful humans in society. But a lot of us we know when we have a negative thought come up, right? Like I ate a donut, so now I feel guilty or I didn't hit my macros perfectly. So now I failed and today's a wash or I'm going out to eat and I just can never control myself because, you know, of all the food and all the drink and all the pressure to like, you know, do this with all my friends or whatever it is, like all those negative thoughts have developed over time, right? We weren't born with those thoughts. Those thoughts have developed based on different scenarios, situations, right? So we want to rework these negative thoughts into a positive one, but it takes time 
and it takes strategy. So I'm very excited to share with you a little tool to help you with this today. Cause we really want to get you or our clients going from, okay, I ate a donut. So now I feel guilty to, I ate a donut. It was really enjoyable. It's not going to make or make, make or break my progress. And like, I will be okay. And that was really delicious. And I'm like going to move on. Or you're saying I didn't hit my macros perfectly. So I failed. When in reality, like if we didn't hit our macros perfectly, we can still make progress on our goals, right? So, you know, just changing the thought from like, I am a a failure or I messed up or everything's ruined to like, I'm capable, I will be okay. And it's really not the end of the world. Um, and I don't want you to feel bad if, if you think in this negative space, or even if you have clients think in this negative space, like our brains are predisposed to making connections between thoughts, ideas, actions, and the result of those actions or consequences, whether they're true or not. Like these thoughts came from somewhere and that's just how the brain works. That's how we live. That's how we experience life. And these are actually studied in the research from two pretty cool um, uh, researchers basically these are defined as cognitive distortions. And so really what cognitive distortions are, it's just a fancy word for kind of these biased perspectives that we take on ourselves and the world around us. Sometimes they're irrational thoughts or beliefs that are kind of knowingly or even unknowingly reinforced over time, right? These thoughts that like we have to be perfect to make progress or this all or nothing mentality. Um, you know, all these negative thoughts are are reinforced over time. And again, they're not rational, but they are subtle too, right? And they can be difficult to recognize, which is why some people have this difficulty in changing their thoughts and perspective because they don't really see that it's the thought in the first place that is causing them to self-sabotage, to give up, to become unmotivated. And so negative thoughts are really powerful. Every human has them. And what I love about one of the psychiatrists and researchers, his name is David Burns. Go look, uh, go look him up. And in some of the work that he's been doing, he wrote a book on this too, if you want to read. But he he quotes, I suspect you will find that a great many of your negative feelings are in fact based on such thinking errors. So these errors in our thinking is actually what is the the basis of all these negative feelings and thoughts that we have, aka cognitive distortions. So I'm going to go over a few cognitive distortions today written and researched by David Burns and Aaron Beck. So again, they are really prominent in the fields of psychiatry and psychotherapy, but you as a coach are going to be able to recognize these types of negative thoughts or cognitive distortions that fall under each of these categories that I'm going to go over. And this is going to allow you to one, help your client become more aware that, hey, you're falling into a thinking that's a little bit distorted, right? And and that's okay. And, and there's actually like a category, a category for this. And like, this is like a thing, right? This is not just you, you know, being, you know, in your own head, like this is something that happens to make our clients aware. And then you're going to take them through this seven-step tool to help 
them work through this cognitive distortion or this negative thought that they're having. Or if you're having your own thoughts like this, you can use this tool on your own. So I want to kind of bucket some of these negative thoughts because we need to put them into categories. Um, And I keep saying that word really weird, categories. I don't know why I was saying it like that. That's so weird. Okay. Anyway, we're going to put these into categories and label them so we can become more aware of when they're happening and be able to pinpoint them when we're doing client check-ins or when clients message us, or maybe you're on your own fitness journey and you're having these thoughts and you're like, okay, this falls under something and I want to do something about it. So the first part is like that awareness that it's happening. So let's go over kind of the biggest types of negative thoughts and cognitive distortions that I see in the health and fitness world. And obviously the first one is all or nothing thinking. So it's called polarized thinking and also maybe known as like black and white thinking. And this negative thought, right? Or this thought pattern, this mentality really manifests as an inability or kind of unwillingness to see the middle ground, to see all these shades of gray, right? So clients think in terms of extremes. Something is either good or bad or perfect or a total failure, right? We see this in lots of clients every day. The second category is overgeneralization. So this one's kind of sneaky and it takes just like one maybe instance or thing that happens and it overgeneralizes it to really create these negative thoughts about like that person or their environment based on just like one or two experiences. So an example is maybe you or your client, you hit your macros with like 70% accuracy one week. And then you take it on yourself of like, well, I'm not a good macro tracker. I'm not a good client. I'm not disciplined enough for this whole like fitness journey thing. I just like can't track and weigh my food right. I just can't hit my macros. This like isn't working for me, all these things, right? And you overgeneralize it when in reality, 70% accuracy is pretty dang good. And like you can track your macros, but you're taking those few instances where you didn't hit them perfectly and you're overgeneralizing it into this like whole negative experience of macro tracking. I see this a lot when, when clients come and they're like, oh, macro tracking didn't work for me. I didn't lose weight. I like could never hit my protein goal. Like I was always going over all my fats, like whatever it is. And then they assume that macro tracking didn't work for them or macro tracking isn't sustainable because they don't know how to track their food when they go out or they want to make these recipes and tracking is too complicated and all these things. When in reality, they were actually never actually taught how to track or they're taking these you know, very random and not very consistent things that can be troublesome when you track macros if you've never been taught or, you know, don't have good strategies for it. And then they label the whole macro tracking experience as bad or restrictive or too time consuming or just negative, right? And so they have this negative thought because they're overgeneralizing. So that's the second category. Three 
is this mental filter. So this is similar to overgeneralization, but this mental filter negative thought category has clients or maybe you focus on a single negative piece of information, therefore excluding all the positive ones. So the perfect example of this type of negative thought pattern is a client steps on the scale. It doesn't move and they view the whole week as like, oh, I didn't make any progress or like, this is all for nothing. And they're ignoring the fact that like, one, there's been other weeks where it has moved, but also they have all these other non-scale victories that have occurred during that week. But they're so like tunnel visioned on the scale number that they're viewing the whole week as like, this negative thing and they become maybe pessimistic about their fitness journey because they're only focusing on what didn't change, right? And they have this like filter, right? That that causes this negative thought. So if you get clients or maybe you have these patterns of focusing on like the single negative piece of information, that's a mental filter that you are experiencing where overgeneralization is taking maybe one instance or one thing and like, you know, labeling it as overall negative because one thing went wrong or there was one thing you didn't like about it, uh, things like that. The fourth category is having clients or maybe you fall into a negative thought pattern because you jump to conclusions. And this is basically like, I see this so often in fitness journeys where people have these inaccurate beliefs about what other people are thinking and it causes them to think negatively. So this happens with the gym all the time, right? People assume people at the gym are going to judge them. So they have this gym intimidation, so they don't go. Or they think the server at a restaurant is going to think that they're weird if they ask for something to be, you know, cooked in less oil or butter, or having the dressing on the side, or asking if they can have grilled chicken instead of fried, right? They don't want to be seen as weird, but they have this, like they're jumping to conclusions, right? And so they get, they, they get shy or they maybe jump to conclusions and think that their friends won't see them as fun if they don't drink or, you know, get drunk or like get late night McDonald's with them and things like that. So just jumping to conclusions and therefore having these negative thoughts about, oh, people are going to judge me, think I'm weird, not think I'm fun, like all these negative thought patterns. I see that a lot. The next category is catastrophizing. So this is kind of where we exaggerate or even like minimize the meaning or importance of likelihood of things. So for example, someone messing up one day during the week or skipping one workout, they can really magnify that small slip up and just believe that they're not motivated anymore, that they lost all their progress, or maybe they ate a cookie, so now they felt like they gained all this weight, or, you know, one workout didn't go well, and so, like, screw it, like, the whole workout's just going to shit, and, like, you know, what's the point of going to the gym anyway, right? So catastrophizing, making things kind of a bigger deal than than they actually are in, in the grand scheme of things. Um, the next one is emotional reasoning. So this is kind of surprising to some people, but this is a negative thought pattern that we have when we 
really accept our emotions as fact. So if you have a lot of clients that say, well, I feel like I have no self-control, so I don't have self-control, or I feel like I am not capable of tracking my macros, so therefore I'm, I can't track my macros. And we need to remind our clients and help them through, like just because we feel something doesn't mean it's true. Just because we feel like we haven't made progress doesn't mean it's not true. Just because we feel like we are, you know, not seeing, um, you know, change in our progress pictures doesn't mean that that's true. Just because we feel like we had no wins this week doesn't mean that we are a failure and things like that. So that falls under the category or the bucket of emotional reasoning. The last three here are when clients have negative thoughts about what they should do or should be or should like have in their life. And so when you hear yourself or maybe clients saying these should statements about certain expectations that they think they should be meeting or they you know, get disappointed because they set up these kind of unrealistic expectations because they feel like they should be giving 100% effort or they should be tracking their macros perfectly or they should be going to the gym for an hour whenever they go and like getting the best workout ever and, you know, or they should be eating clean. And so if they're eating clean, why aren't they losing weight? And you know, all these things. And and that can create some really negative thought patterns because a lot of the times people get generally disappointed by their failure to meet those unrealistic expectations. Or if they think they should, you know, never give into cravings or something, then they feel like they're a failure because they're having those cravings. And so it's important to be looking out for those because those should statements do cause negative thought patterns. Second to last one is the negative thought pattern of, you know, it's called control fallacies. So this kind of manifests as one of two beliefs, okay? So number one is that your client has no control over their lives, right? And they're like this helpless victim of circumstances or fate or whatever you want to call it. Or two, on the opposite end, they are in complete control and they, you know, feel this responsibility to control everything around them. And then when they can't, they feel like they failed or they don't feel like they like are, are good enough or like, you know, whatever. And we know both sides of that is, is actually inaccurate, right? Like we don't have control over everything we do. And sometimes we're going to get sick or we're going to miss a workout because our kid had to be picked up from school because they were sick or our car broke down so we couldn't go to the grocery store when we wanted to or you know we forgot to set our alarm or we you know tracked a meal out wrong or whatever it was right like we don't have complete control over everything but we also have control over a lot of things and so people that come to us and they feel like everything is happening to them and like they have no control and they kind of make excuses and play this victim mentality both of those ends of the spectrum can cause these negative thought patterns and so when you notice that with clients you're going to use the seven step tool to help them through it the last kind of category and it's important that we know these categories I maybe should have said this earlier, but I'm going over these nine categories because you have to be able to label what type of negative thought you or your client is having as part of this seven-step uh, tool. 
So the last one is fallacy of change. So this kind of negative thought pattern involves like expecting others to change if we pressure them or encourage them enough. And I see this a lot with coaches that I work with is they think, oh, if I just keep encouraging my client to like not skip check-ins, then I can coach them better. And, you know, they'll be able to see more success. And like, I just need to, you know, encourage them more and like, like push them more and, and whatever. And that can kind of lead into this kind of, you know, fallacy of change, right? Of not everyone is going to change because of what you do and the belief that like your your happiness or your client's success or whatever rests solely on your shoulders if you force them to change enough is is actually can create a lot of negative thoughts because we know that that's not true, right? We can't actually control other people nor should we put all of their success as coaches on our shoulders, or maybe your, you know, maybe your clients experience this where they're like, well, you know, if, if my husband was just more supportive and like, you know, helped create healthier dinners or like went to the gym with me, then I would be able to eat healthier, easier and like get to the gym easier. And like, then I would be able to change. Like, no, we, we can't put this change and this success of, ourselves on other people or on other circumstances. So think of those nine. Okay. And it's totally fine if you want to like go back and pause them. Um, I'll put them in the show notes too, actually. Um, but all of these negative thoughts are things you've probably encountered before with yourself or even with a client. And I can guarantee you with any sort of negative thought that comes up with a client or yourself, it will fit into one of those nine buckets. So let's give you some steps and a tool that is called the automatic thought record. Okay. This was not created by me. This is evidence-based, um, to help your clients shift from this negative thought to a more positive one. Okay. And this is one tool of many. So if you don't know, we launched macro coach pro last week, super excited, a 16 week mentorship hands-on course that will help you improve your coaching skills and give you more strategies like this to help clients with different mindset blocks, adherence issues, protocol adjustments, program design. We go over physiology. We go over evidence-based methods. We go over designing and onboarding and intaking your clients, like all these things. A big part of the course is giving you exposure and experience to difficult client situations like this, right? A client messages you and they're like, you know, I'm a failure or I'm struggling with the all or nothing mentality or I don't, you know, I don't, I, I, if my husband was just more supportive, I'd be able to go to the gym. Right. And so what's really cool about the course is we're giving you tools, evidence-based frameworks and strategies to help your clients through this. So this is kind of a little a little tool that I pulled out of, of Macro Coach Pro. But if you are finding this helpful or you want more help navigating through difficult client situations, look into joining that course. We start January 8th. I'm very excited. Or if you're a client and you're like, I need someone to like help me through and give me these tools and strategies, apply for one-to-one coaching. Okay. Shameless plug over, but 
Let's go over the seven steps to help your clients go from negative thought to more positive one. So step one is literally writing down when and where the negative thought came up because we have to figure out kind of what's triggering it, right? And what's happening right before that thought. So maybe writing down when and where it happened or whatever. So for example, oh, I overate this weekend. Okay, cool. So I overate this weekend at my house, in my living room, whatever, right? You were at home, you overate, and it was the weekend. Step one is pretty easy, right? You're just writing down the date and time of the situation. Number two, you're going to work with yourself or your client to describe the situation, asking them or asking yourself, okay, what led up to this? What caused these, you know, these things to be happening? Um, And kind of outlining the situation to that led up to the negative thought. So again, kind of what, what triggered it in a sense. And so maybe it was like, oh, well, there was football on. And so I was snacking and we had friends over and there was drinks and I saw junk food in the pantry and I didn't plan ahead. Or maybe I went out to eat too much and that caused me to overeat, right? Or I didn't just, I didn't have any food in the fridge. So we just had takeout. So kind of describing the situation and what led up to that negative feeling of whatever it was. Okay, so step one and step two are really like kind of laying the foundation of of the date and time and like what led up to you feeling the negative thought. Step three is actually writing down that negative thought. So thinking about the the things that like you're you're thinking and feeling or or what you're believing right now. Okay, so maybe you overate this weekend. So let's kind of write down the negative thoughts that came up. Well, I feel like I lost all my progress. I feel like I gained a bunch of weight back. I feel like I messed up again and again. And that makes me feel like a failure. That makes me feel like I'll never have any self-control. And that makes me feel like I can't trust in myself on the weekends. And it's frustrating me, right? Cool. So you're defining all these negative thoughts. And then we're going to rate how much we believe in those thoughts on a scale from one to 10. One is we don't believe them at all. We're just like feeling them or 10, I'm feeling them and I believe them to be true, like completely. Okay. So maybe you rate it like an eight out of 10, like, okay, you know, I'm feeling all these negative thoughts and like, I actually believe that they are true in this moment because I have all this evidence of like, I just can't control myself or I don't have, you know, good, good moderation and balance. Right. So that's step three. Step four is we are going to kind of identify the emotions that are running through our mind um, to kind of help with this, right? Because thoughts and emotions can be different. So maybe your negative thoughts are, I gained weight. Cool. What is the emotion relating to that? Well, I gained weight and the emotion I'm feeling is I feel guilty or I feel a lack of discipline, or I feel like I have no self-control, or I feel like I disappointed my coach or myself or whatever, right? So you can kind of blend three and four, right? You're thinking, okay, all these negative thoughts are coming up, right? I'm a failure. I don't have self-control, and that makes me feel guilty and, you know, like ashamed and like feel feelings of like failure and disappointment, right? Step five 
you're going to describe your response, essentially. So what is happening? Label it. What is the category of what's going on? And that's where you're going to go through the nine categories that I spelled out. And you're going to say, okay, all these negative thoughts and feelings I have, I'm actually like catastrophizing, right? Like I know one weekend of overeating is not going to ruin all my progress. I'm not going to gain all the weight back in one weekend. It's not like the whole week was bad because I had two days that were off, you know, so you're going to label it, right? Are you catastrophizing? Are you having this like fallacy of change? Are you saying all these like should statements? Are you displaying emotional reasoning where you feel it so therefore it must be true? Are you jumping to conclusions? Are you overgeneralizing? Are you in the all or nothing thinking? Or are you having this mental filter of like hyper fixating on one thing and therefore, you know, just feeling negative about the rest, right? I, I want you or your client to label which category your negative thoughts are are becoming in. And once you can label it and become aware of it, that's when we can move into step six and come up with an alternative thought to replace what we're thinking. Okay. So something that is helpful to do this is what are the evidence? What's the evidence for my thought? And what's the evidence against my thought? So it can be sometimes hard to think about this, but if someone overate, right, and they're feeling guilty and they know that they're catastrophizing, let's figure out some evidence that like overeating is actually going to lose all of their progress. And let's find some evidence for overeating this weekend is actually not going to gain the 10 pounds that they lost, right? So create a list, evidence for it, evidence against it. And that can be very, very eye-opening for your client to help them just come up with like different thoughts, right? And different like perspectives on the situation. So once they've done that, we come to the last step, which is seven. And let's have them think about or have you think about, okay, do we still feel the same before we kind of challenge these thoughts? Do you still believe your thoughts to be true? And like, Think about how you felt before you started this exercise and how you feel now, and let's rate it. Because remember, in step four, they rated like how much they, you know, believed those negative thoughts to be true. Maybe they're like an eight, right? I'm feeling all these things and I actually believe them. But after they've like categorized it as a cognitive distortion under a specific category, once they've come up for evidence for and against that, and once they've come up with alternative thoughts around the situation that happened, most of the time they feel better. And the intensity of believing that negative thought has at least decreased. Again, it's not going to go away completely, but it's going to at least decrease, okay? So let's summarize it real quick. Seven-step tool. Step one, write down the date and time of the situation. Step two, describe the situation. Describe the what caused the unpleasant feelings, what, you know, what led up to the event, things like that. Step three, writing down negative thoughts that are coming up and rating how much they believe those thoughts to be true. 
Step four is identifying the emotions that they're feeling based on those thoughts. So for example, a negative thought is I, you know, lost all my progress. The emotion behind that is I feel like a failure. Or the negative thought is, okay, I gained weight. I messed up. I don't have self-control. The feelings behind that is I feel guilty. I feel disappointed. I feel like I am never going to be able to get this right. So step three is the thought. Step four is the feeling. Step five, categorize the thought into one of the cognitive distortion categories. Step five is once they've labeled it, you move to step six and you start having or writing down evidence for your thought, right? What what actually is evidence that that thought is true and what is evidence that that thought is not true? And also coming up with what's a different thought I could have about the situation. And you may have to help your client right? Come up with these different thoughts because they may be tunnel visioned onto all these negatives that they can't even see other possibilities or different perspectives. So it's up to you in step six to say, okay, let's write down all the evidence for and for and against it, right? And what are some other thoughts that could also be true? Even if they're not totally true in your mind right now, what other thoughts could be true? Okay, well, maybe my thought is I overate this weekend and I'm lost all my progress, maybe another thought could be I overate this weekend and like, you know, I just didn't lose weight two days out of the week. That that that's also that could also be true, right? So that's step six. Step seven is that reflection of, okay, do we still believe in the the negative thoughts as much as we did before? How do we feel? Do we feel a little better? And does our rating of really believing in those thoughts has it at least decreased. Okay. So I don't want you to put pressure on yourself or your client to go through these seven steps and then think, oh, I'll never have this bad thought again, because we will, right? We use this as a tool to work through negative thoughts as they come up. We're not using this tool to say, we're never going to have this negative thought again, because we've done, we've done the work, right? The work always kind of continues until we can make those new connections. So every time you'd go through this seven step tool with the client, you are helping them make those new connections of, okay, this event triggered a thought, right? Normally I, I'm kind of used to thinking in a negative about this, but because I've done the work over and over again, maybe I'm starting to think a little bit differently and that automatic thought response is kind of different, right? And maybe I automatically have a more positive outlook on the situation or I have a more kind of immediate first thought that pops up. So again, you you this takes time. It's not a magical, magical tool. It's a way to work with someone and give them action steps or even having something else to focus on when they're having a negative thought. This tool is really helpful in that because if you're sitting there in your negative thoughts and you just don't know how to get out of it, even 
taking out a pen and paper and working through this sheet of like the seven steps is at least going to have you or your client at least be thinking about something else, right? Or thinking in a more like, what can I do about this way in a more productive way versus just wallowing in their thoughts all day, okay? And you may need to work through this with someone. So if you're a coach, you may need to work with your client through this um, until they can maybe do it more independently. Or maybe if you are someone who has these negative thoughts, hiring a coach or hiring a mentor or you know, helping, just having someone help you kind of think through these different thoughts and evidences and different perspectives can be really helpful. But the goal is, you know, to be able to do this on your own independently when you have these negative thoughts after, after a certain amount of time. Um, because again, it takes work, it takes practice, but, um, you know, it, 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 it can get to the point where, it's like you don't even have to write this stuff down anymore and you're not like step one, step two, step three, but more of like, okay, well, maybe I'm at the gym and the gym is busy and I can't do any of my exercises. And so this negative thought comes up of like, well, I can't do my workout and so I'm not going to make progress and what's the point of being here and I should just go home. But maybe in your head, you kind of go through those spots of like, okay, like I'm thinking in the negative, but I, I know that's not true. I know I can still like make progress and like find substitutes and swap out certain exercises and one workout's better than none. And like, you know, you can kind of talk yourself down. So I hope this was helpful. What I'm going to do in the show notes is I'm going to write out all, all the different nine categories. Um, and then I will write out some of the steps as well. So you all have something to kind of go off of, but thanks for tuning in today. Thanks for, you know, putting in the work, the time and the effort to really understand more of how to work on yourself or help your clients work through their negative thoughts. Um, I'm so happy you're here. I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for your clients. And I hope this seven step tool can help you ditch those negative thoughts, have an actual action-based strategy to have and to work through. Um, and if you guys have any other questions, you can always DM me. My, uh, my Instagram DMs are always open. Um, and I look forward to catching up with you all on the next episode. Bye. Congrats on finishing an episode of the macro coach pro podcast. If you learned something new, share and tag me on Instagram and don't forget to join the macro coach community on Facebook. You can click the link in the show notes. Until next time, bye friends.